Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Olympic gold medalist, 4x100 relay, Jason Lezak. I have uh, <clears throat> spent some time with Jason on the phone, and he's got a powerful message, and so we are really excited that he gets to be with us on the 20th anniversary. Rock and roll. Thank you. I like that American flag over there, by the way. That was cool. I got a few of those at home. There's, oh, more. Oh, wow. <laughs> Feeling pretty good right now. So when I was little, actually, I always dreamed of doing something dramatic like that, but uh, it was usually basketball. I was outside shooting hoops by myself, and I'd be visualizing uh, game seven of the NBA Finals, Lakers versus Celtics. You know what team I was. Lakers, of course. And it wasn't just hitting the game-winning basket. It always had to be game seven, the final deciding game, down by two, hitting that three-pointer as the buzzer went off. So that was what I wanted to do. But my parents decided to throw me in the swimming. Who knows why? And I actually had a lot of success in swimming right away. My parents took me to the Olympics in 1984, and I got to see Americans win gold medal after gold medal and get on the podium and hear the national anthem. And it was something amazing. I said, wow, I really want to do that one day. And every day I went back to the swim, and I worked really hard to achieve those goals for the next couple years and actually became one of the fastest swimmers in the whole country for 10-year-olds in two different events. But all of a sudden, going from one of the fastest in the whole country to one of the average swimmers on my team in a matter of a few years, I didn't really understand what was happening. I still had this dream. I had that goal. But I just showed up at practice, went through the motions. I wasn't willing to put in the work to achieve that. And all of a sudden, I got into high school, and I saw so many of my friends that were really just enjoying the sport. And these were the people that were improving. These were the ones working hard, dedicating themselves, doing what the coaches were asking. And all I had to do was change my attitude. It was that simple. And I started improving again, and by the time I was a senior, I became one of the fastest seniors in all of high school and got a scholarship to UC Santa Barbara. Gauchos in the house? <laughs> awesome. So I went to Santa Barbara, made it to my first Olympic trials. Just 12 years after I had been to the Olympics, now I got a chance to try out for the Olympics. And I go there, and I'm in this ready room. There's 33 of us getting ready for the 50 freestyle. And I'm looking around the room, I was like, wow, this guy's a world record holder, and that guy's an American record holder, and this person has five national titles. And before I'd even marched out to swim that race, I convinced myself I wasn't gonna beat any of these guys. Of course, I had to go out there, I swam as hard as I could, I gave it everything I had, and I got second to last place. <laughs> the only reason I didn't get last was one of the other guys slipped on the block. So I went back to college the next year, didn't have that same motivation. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Maybe wanted to go to the Olympics, wasn't quite sure, didn't know if I could achieve it. So I kind of reverted back to what I did when I was a kid and I started going through the motions, not showing up at every single practice. And of course in college, at a high level, the coach isn't gonna put up with that. He said, Jason, enough, you're off the team. It's like, wow, I can't believe I just got kicked off the college team. This has been my dream forever. So I thought about it some more and I, I said, you know what, I really wanna swim. And I went back to the coach and I told him that, he said, that's not enough. So I wrote up a contract and told them all these things I was going to do. Some of them were work hard, dedicate myself, show up at every practice, listen to my coaches, and a list full of things. 
And he said, all right, I'll take this. If you break this contract, you're off the team for good. And of course, once I followed these rules and did what I was supposed to, I got faster and wound up making it to the NC2A championships, the biggest meet in college, and made it to the finals my next two years. And now at finishing college, most people just retire, go on to the real world and get a job. I said, nah, that's not for me. <laughs> I'm gonna keep swimming, I got that dream, it's only two years away. As I continued, I won my first national championship, and then I won another, and another. And now all of a sudden, I'm going to these Olympic trials as one of the favorites to make the Olympic team. And I went out there, and I qualified in 2000 for my first Olympic team, it felt amazing. Although I was slightly disappointed, I didn't make it to the individual race that I'd always dreamed about. I loved being on relays, but I also wanted to go out there and represent USA all by myself, and I didn't quite achieve that. So the following year came along, and I continued to swim, and I broke through and made it to the finals at the World Championships, but came up this short from getting a medal. And then the following year, and the year after that, the same thing. I'm missing out on medals by hundreds of a second in these individual races. And now all of a sudden, in 2004, I had a huge breakthrough and I broke the American record. The fastest American to swim this race of all time, second fastest in history. And now I'm going into these Olympics, a little different from 2000. I got all these races to manage, the 50 freestyle, the 100 freestyle, the medley relay, the freestyle relay. I said, how can I manage them? Well, all I gotta do is take it easy in the 100 freestyle and the preliminaries. I only have to get top 16, and I'm the second fastest of all time. That'll be easy. Well, as I did that, I didn't give it a full effort, and I got 21st place. The next day, I had to watch the guy win the gold medal in the exact same time I did at the Olympic trials just five weeks earlier. And to make things worse, if I was a half a second off my time, I still would have got a medal. And now all of a sudden, the next year comes along, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna make a change. And I did, I improved, I made some changes. But I got fourth place at the World Championships. Once again, the smallest margin away from a medal. And all of a sudden, my, my coach I'd had for 15 years decided he was gonna take a job somewhere else. And at 30 years old, people are already telling me I'm the old guy, I should retire, move on, get a job, do something else. And I decided, you know what, I've learned so much in this sport and I'm gonna go for it on my own. And as I went for it on my own, I won my first national title coaching myself. People told me it was luck and it can never happen again. Well, I went to the World Championships and all those people were doubting on me. And of course, once again, on the short end of the stick, I got fifth place. Eight one hundredths of a second from first. We had five guys separated by the smallest margin. Well, 2008, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Qualified for my third Olympic team at 32 years old, two years coaching myself after nobody believed in me. And now I'm looking at this 100 freestyle. You saw that relay. A day later, at 32, I have to bounce back for 100 freestyle. Well, as you know, most of you probably aren't 32 yet, but as you get older, your body doesn't feel so good after something like that. So I came back that next day feeling awful. I said, wow, how am I gonna swim this race and make it into the, the semifinals? I said, I can't make that same mistake I made four years ago, I gotta go for it. So I gave it everything I had in the preliminaries and I snuck in there and got 12th place, barely made it into the semifinals. Came back for the next race, went as hard as I could, snuck in there and got sixth place, got into the finals. And I convinced myself, you know what, I'm gonna feel amazing when I come back here tomorrow for that final. Turns out I felt even worse. But somehow, someway, I blocked out all those negative thoughts. I got behind those blocks and pretended like I was in my home pool all by myself and forgot about everything, forgot about how bad my body felt and everybody that I was swimming against. And as soon as I dove into the pool and saw my competition, I got pumped up and I was able to squeak in there and get a bronze medal. 
my first individual Olympic medal and major international medal, which felt pretty good at 32 years old. Thank you. I'd had so many people doubt me for so long, and so many people tell me I should retire and move on, but I continued to figure out ways to be better. And when I coached myself, I could go back to the drawing board every single day. I worked really hard, but it always wasn't enough. And I'd figure out, how can I be better the next day? And that's why I was able to continue to improve all the way up to 32 years old. Well, I've always loved team sports. As I showed you, a big Laker fan, I loved basketball. Growing up, my role model was Magic Johnson. Probably everyone knows who that is, right? Probably the most unselfish team player in history. He could score at least 10, 10 more points every game, but he decided he was going to make his team better, and he'd rather pass it to someone to win the game. And that's kind of how I modeled my career after. As I played basketball and soccer and baseball, all these different team sports, swimming wasn't always really known as a team sport. There's all these individual races, and then there's a couple relays. But ever since I was a kid, I can remember all my success coming on these relays. I'd love to be a part of that. It was really special to me. I always did my best swims. I stepped up for the team and went up an extra mile. And I got into the college ranks. It was the same thing. And now all of a sudden, the international level. My first Olympics in Sydney 2000, the 4x100 freestyle relay, USA had dominated this race. We had never lost in Olympic history. And we're in Australia. One of the guys from USA said, we're going to go out there and smash Australia like guitars. They didn't really need that motivation. They had the whole country behind them. And as I walked out there, the 18,000 screaming Australian fans, my heart was pumping like crazy. I was so nervous. Well, the guy from Australia led this race off in a new world record. Our guys swam great, but we were almost a body length behind. And every guy from USA jumps in the water, tries to pass the Australian, and then they fade at the end. I did the same thing. And all our trash talker, Gary Hall Jr., he jumps in the water and passes the most famous Australian swimmer of all time. They call him the Torpedo. And at the last second, Ian Thorpe comes back, outtouches Gary by a tenth of a second, and the Australian crowd went absolutely crazy. And to make matters even worse, I look over on the pool deck, and you had the four Australians going like this, playing the air guitar. It was a terrible feeling. At that moment, I didn't feel like, wow, we had just won a silver medal. I felt like we lost, we blew this for USA, and we let our country down. We were the favorites. We were supposed to win. We've never lost, and we were the ones to blow it. And as we continued, every single year, we're supposed to win this race, and we lose it at the World Championships, the Pan Pacific Championships, the World Championships once again. And now my second Olympics in Athens, we're supposed to win. And this time, our leadoff guy doesn't have his greatest swim, and we are over two seconds behind. And the same thing happens. Each swimmer swims as hard as they can and fades at the end. And this time, we actually wind up getting a bronze medal. And I was a little disappointed, but I learned my lesson from last time. I tried to represent USA the best I could. I thought about how many people get that opportunity to stand up there and represent their country at the Olympic Games. Very few. So I tried to put a smile on my face, accept that bronze medal, and move on. And now all of a sudden, the medley relay, the very last relay of the Olympic Games, we had four guys, and none of us had had the Olympic experience that we had hoped for. I told you my story, getting 21st place and then that bronze medal. The other guys were getting silver and bronze medals. They were all supposed to win gold medals. And we went out there and brushed aside the previous seven days of the Olympics. We came together as a team. And we went out there for the same purpose, the same cause. We wound up dominating that race. We won by three seconds and smashed the world record. It was amazing. 20 years later, after I had this dream, 
I get this opportunity to get up there on the podium and hear the national anthem. And to be honest with you, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> it happened so fast. I even took the reef off my head and we were in Athens, Greece, and I threw it up into the stands and I was like, wow, I probably should have saved that. <laughs> but I did save my medal. That's a good thing. So now what? As I continued to swim, I said, you know what? How are we going to win that freestyle relay? That medley relay has so much dominance, and we continue to win every time. What's the formula? Why are they winning, and we're not winning the freestyle relay? And I took a good look at it, and I realized we all had a common goal. Not only does everyone on that team want to win for themselves, of course, but they also want to win for their teammates, and they want to win for their country. And when they do that, each person squeezes out an extra tenth, an extra two tenths, sometimes an extra half a second. And if you add up for four people, that's sometimes over a second. And on the freestyle relays, there's not always that same bond and that same chemistry. And there's not always that person who wants it for that other guy on their team. And you're not squeezing out those extra tents. And that's why every year we're coming up just a little bit short. Those other countries had that and we didn't. So as I continued on, they voted me team captain, probably not because I was a great leader, but just I was the old guy on the team. I said, wow, what am I going to do to lead this team? My first thought is, we got to win that relay back. This is 2006. And I'm taking them to the Pan Pacific Championships, and I'm thinking, you know what? I watch a lot of sports. I know what they do. And I went out, and I grouped these guys, and I said, started yelling at them. I don't even know what I was saying. And I was slapping them on the head, slapping them on the back. That's how they do it in football and basketball, right? I looked in their eyes and I saw the fire in their eyes and the determination and, and I knew everybody was on the same page. I knew we all wanted it together. And we went out there and we broke the world record. It was pretty cool. But then again, it was the Pan Pacific Championships 2006. Raise your hand if you saw that. That's what I thought. You did? Wow. There's always that one person. I said, you know what, that's great, but this isn't the Olympic Games. I got to get that back at the Olympic Games. And at these Olympic Games, once again, they vote me captain. Hopefully it's because of my leadership this time, not because of the old guy. But I knew that wasn't my personality. I knew that wasn't the way I was supposed to do it. So I went up to these guys and did it a little differently. You know, I kind of huddled them aside, and some of these guys didn't know the whole history of the Olympics and that relay, and I'd been a part of it for six straight years of losing and two Olympics. And I got them together, and I explained to them everything that I had told you about wanting it for yourself, wanting it for the other individuals, wanting it for your country. There was no... Nobody was selfish in this race. And I said, this is not a four by 100 relay. This is a 400. We are one team, one unit. Let's go out there and swim together. And now all of a sudden, I'm getting ready to swim this race. And I've been thinking about this race over and over my head in our hotel rooms in Olympic Village. And every time I visioned it, we were in the lead. I would jump in the water, and I would hold off this French guy, and we'd win the gold medal. And every once in a while, the French guy would be ahead, and I would shut it off on my head. I wouldn't want to think about it. He's the world record holder. And now I'm in China on the block. It's live, and I'm behind. Of course, I can't shut it off on my head. I actually have to go. My first thought is, i got to jump off these blocks as fast as possible and try to catch him on the start. Well, if you don't know, you're not allowed to jump off the block before the guy touches the wall. And I thought I did. I thought I disqualified our team and blew our chances at any medal. And as I'm swimming down that first leg, I'm thinking these thoughts in my head, and I had to talk them over really fast and get all these negative thoughts out of my head. 
And thank goodness I've done this at some other meets and done this in practice. Anytime a negative thought would come into my head, I'd try to get, get it out as fast as I could by something positive. I swam down that first lap, the French guy's on my left. Not once did I peek over to see where he was because I knew that slight movement in my head would slow me down. I got to the first wall, I flipped, pushed off, and I realized that he had actually increased his lead on me. I said, oh my gosh, this guy's a world record holder. There is no possible way I'm going to catch him. And once again, I started telling myself, I feel really good, I feel really strong. Just swim your race. And as I did that, I could see myself inching up little by little. And I got right back to his hip where I started this race. I felt like I stayed there for hours, but it was really probably about five seconds. And now with 15 meters left in this race, I had felt something I never felt before. At the beginning of every relay, I had this amazing surge of adrenaline. It's unbelievable. But that wears off. It doesn't last forever. And I was able to get another surge of adrenaline with 15 meters left. A lot of people say, wow, you really sped up at the end of that race. But in reality, that French guy just died like a dog. <laughs> Felt pretty good to bring that gold medal back to USA, where it belongs. You know, I had a lot of opportunities throughout my career where I could have just gave up. And obviously in that moment, I could have easily just given up and said, this guy's faster than me, I'll take the silver medal. But thank goodness I didn't. You know, I'd been through a lot throughout my career, made it to another Olympic Games at 36 years old after no one believed in me. Unfortunately, this time we won the silver medal. But for me, the journey to get there was so difficult, training at that age and being able to do some things I couldn't do, but I kept finding ways to be better and finding ways to get onto that team. And for you guys, you're not swimmers, or maybe you used to be, or maybe some do masters. But what you guys do, it's a lot different. But there's a lot of things that I did throughout my career. If you see all these ups and downs, you guys are probably going through similar ups and downs. You're not always going to hit your targets. You're not always going to be successful every single time. But what are you willing to do to learn from those mistakes? I was always willing to go to the drawing board and say, how can I be better next time? What can I do? And the more and more I continued to sacrifice, the more I worked hard, overcame all these different obstacles, that's when I was finally able to achieve my ultimate success at 32 years old. So it just goes to show you guys, you keep with it. If you haven't achieved your goals, your dreams yet, you can, it's never too late. So thank you guys, and I appreciate you listening to my story.